You know how much a polar bear weighs Enough to break the ice Hi, my name is Clint I'm just here to pick up my order from the bar I can't know your presence Do you want a drink? Please do not overthink Let me in this moment The next words are being thought of Why I distract you with what I think To the point I sit down next to you Why you solemnly swear Man ain't shit I tell you I agree with the cinema Even though I personally disagree My personality Look past shit it bugs me Cause potential intimacy I noticed a ring on your hand I asked where's he She said I'm just here by myself He had work I replied but it's 10.37 for whatever that is worth Asked when's the lucky day She said what you mean viciously I said the wedding day Obviously she said it's just a promise ring Asked how old you is She said 27 I said that's high school is But hey true love is true love right Often beats with Clint Ew <sighs> Nothing uh, like a good old poke in the gooch You know the best thing about getting poked in the gooch is that um, it really can kind of get under your skin. You know, it could be very sensitive, sensational. Um, you got to tread lightly for obvious reasons, you know. Skiing down a mountain might find some mud. Could find a puddle of mud. Could become famous. Or she may just fucking hate you. She probably hates me. But when you leave a mark on Skid Row... You um, leave a lot to be desired. And then you have crisis. And speaking of crisis, um, welcome to episode 11 of Often Beats. As you can tell, this is an actual video form. What does that mean? It just means you can watch on YouTube if you want to see my 6.5 out of 10 face. Um, or you can listen to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever the fuck works for you. But as you can tell, my setup is um pretty fancy, you know. I um actually have a gym in my closet because you know I can um build some traps in there as I'm listening to Lil R. Kelly. Speaking of um building traps in the closet, um I think Drake Bell might be. Well, he's gonna be able to fulfill his wish in jail because he's actually just pled guilty. I actually I did um I believe it was episode episode five or six I could be wrong somewhere around that range but um Drake Bell from Drake and Josh you know he basically um was sexually texting a teenager and she came to his concert on December first of twenty seventeen and he decided to basically read in between the lines he probably gave her drugs and inebriated her and then um. Did a little, um, child acting on her, except, um, she will be left with a lot of scars, like a lot of child actors, but he never had experienced that shit, because, you know, he was on it, and essentially he, um, he pled guilty, which, on the high end, he could spend 6 to 18 months in jail, but realistically, he probably won't, if at all, or in prison. So yeah, he actually pled guilty. And all these people out here were saying, uh, you gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. You just don't know. It's like he was he was texting a girl when she was 13 years old. And then he finally followed through on it at 15 years old. Got him out of the hustle to wait three years to get some My Little Pony. But, um, you know him and... 
dedicated to the game. When you're into young things like that, um, it makes you feel the youthful, I would only assume. Um, but you know, sometimes some things should stay in your youth, including the girls or the little boys you touch. You know, when you're 16, touch a 15-year-old, fine. When you're 33, yeah, it looks a little different. Whatever, who cares? Anyways, uh, so I've been... Uh, I've been contemplating something recently, you know. Today, today in the world we live in, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful sight, you know. You can become who you want. You can succeed. More importantly, you can be you. But you know what you can't be? A person that always feels like you have to have an opinion about something. I know this is very contradicting coming from a person Who's kind of, but not really giving an opinion. But like, you don't have to have an opinion about everything. It's okay to be like you don't know, or you don't care to acknowledge something. Not every subject you have to care to talk about. But, if you are going to talk about something, right? Like, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong, technically. That's not really the issue when you talk about something. The issue is when you haven't really thought about it yet. You haven't really thought about, you know, exactly what you want to talk about. Like, for example, this uh, person came up to me and he wanted to talk about critical race theory, right? I've read about it. Um, I'm gonna, I guess, oh, fuck it. I'll just talk about, um, was it the governor of Texas basically banning the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, I believe is his name. He actually banned the teaching of critical race theory in school, right? Here's the thing about that, man. If you want to, learning about something has nothing to do with whether you believe in it or not. But I do believe that purposely not teaching something, purposely taking out the possibility of teaching something in a curriculum or school kind of defeats the purpose of education, right? Isn't the whole point of education is to learn about all of it? Like, whether you believe in critical race theory, which... I'm not even going to pretend to summarize it because I kind of get it, but it's kind of confusing to explain because there's a lot of factors in explaining it. But essentially, you have a lot of like white parents that don't want it to be taught in school because they feel, actually Ted Cruz, which is interesting, he actually said, Believing in critical race theory is the equivalent of being a Klansman. Basically, teaching or believing in the theory of critical race theory is just as racist as actually following through on your beliefs and actually killing people, lynching, hating 
where critical race theory, I guess the only argument, like, you could kind of say that would only even make kind of sense, I guess, is saying that, well, if you if you believe in critical race theory, that means you must believe in, you know, hating all groups type of thing or hating white people and shit like that, which I don't think it's really like that. I really don't. I think we learn things in school just because they teach white supremacy. That doesn't mean they're telling you to be a white supremacist. But not teaching all sides of, let's just say, civil rights, right? I think this is very important to remember, like in school, um, at least where I went to school and a lot of people I know personally, they kind of have a similar message. We were never taught Malcolm X in high school, right? Um, We were taught MLK, but we weren't taught Malcolm X. Now, why is that, right? Well, Malcolm X is considered, quote-unquote, he had a lot of extreme radical views, at least, quote-unquote, right? Because it's very, it could be very violent, grotesque type of thing, I guess. But... When you really look at it, I'm not breaking any news here. He wanted the same thing as MLK, right? Wanted civil rights, equal rights, black liberation, essentially equality. I know, crazy. But Malcolm X didn't feel that doing it in a very gentle or silent protesting way was the way to get the point across, right? And I think in some ways he's not really wrong because if you even look today, like people, people that are uncomfortable with certain things, their excuse is always, well, you know, if people just did it like this, you know, then it's fine. But when you do it like this, it's very, it's very aggressive. It's very... It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's kind of the point. Like, um, Malcolm X actually wanted the same thing as MLK. Literally. They just wanted, they just, Malcolm X just felt like you had to do a completely different way than what MLK wanted to do. But even though at the end of his life, Malcolm X, like, basically, um, Admitted in a sense that at least his personal film was he didn't believe that doing all the, you know, quote unquote extreme like stuff that he thought the way was to get equality and liberation was really the way to do it. Um, but the message was still the same of what they wanted. And I think when you have people that purposely don't teach certain parts of curriculum because it actually has to make all parties have to think or it may actually have to have you like, what, what what's the process I'm looking for? It actually makes you have to learn 
I guess, but just kind of education. Because learning, you know, it's funny. It's like, I think they're so much more comfortable teaching MOK's version in school. Because MOK's version is a way that makes people feel comfortable. And by people, I mean, you know, you know who I'm talking about. And this isn't even about, it makes it where everyone can point to like, see, if you want something done, this is the way you have to do it. And in the long run, MOK, you know, he did, obviously his plan, the idea at least worked, you know. But how come Malcolm X doesn't get similar amount of credit? You know, in terms of curriculum in public schools, right? Why would a curriculum purposely not teach critical race theory or Malcolm X? Because the point of education isn't to agree with it. It's to be presented with information and you kind of connect the things of how everything makes sense. You know, we always talk about knowing history and shit. Or do we only... Or do we only want to teach the history in school where it's comfortable for everyone? Because the whole point, to me, the best, when you learn the most about yourself in life, or when you learn the most, or when you, is when you're uncomfortable. You have to be put in uncomfortable situations, like acknowledging shit, right? Why would the curriculum not want to teach it? And it has very little to do with whether you believe in critical race theory or not. Like, I've talked to someone yesterday about him. He absolutely hates it. And he he was saying that it's dangerous to teach it because if it is not taught right. He's saying if it's dangerous to teach it because if you teach it, if the wrong person teaches it wrong to a group of kids and teaches it with an agenda per se, right? Then it can completely fuck up a way of thinking. But I would just say this. What does not teaching it do? The whole point of education is to learn more, whether you believe in it or not, right? We learn a lot of really, really um, theoretical stuff in history. In order for a theory, we learn a lot of theories aren't proven. Theories have to be tested and tested for it to find out if it's applicable. And there's no theory in the world that's 100% bullshit. It could be there's theories that are fabricated. There could be theories that don't aren't fully well thought out or something but I don't know how you can say that critical race theory is something bad to teach because if you feel that something teaching your kids is going to make them quote unquote feel guilty then maybe you're not really parenting well enough to teach them about basic life shit. Like if your kid goes to school, right? He's like, 
Hey mom, I learned about critical race theory. I think I'm a complete racist. It's like, maybe you did pretty bad parenting to make your kid think that learning something, he has to apply all of it, right? Gotta remember, it's a theory. It's not about, it's not a full, like, law that critical race theory exists. But you should learn theories if they're applicable and well-known around the world, in a sense. It should be taught. It should be, you know, learned, I guess. I don't know. I'm not even well-versed on this. But I do think there is a, I think it's very problematic to completely say, you can't teach this. And for someone to compare critical race theory to being a KKK clans member, saying it's just as bad. Well, one thing's a theory. One thing is an idea. One's a thought process of what someone thinks about, you know, race in a sense. And one was actually the action. That someone, those, all those ideologies, all those idea, ideologies or beliefs like lynching against essentially anyone that's not in their race group. Pure hate. Actually follow through on a lot of that bullshit. A theory and action are somehow equally as problematic. One makes you think whether you believe it or not. One makes you understand when you talk to someone about this stuff or when you're having quote-unquote deep conversations about things. And one, there's no justifiable way to justify it unless you 100% believe in it. Which if you 100% believe in what the KK was doing, I think we know, you know who you are. But yeah, I just thought that's an interesting little thing. Anyways, speaking of uh, critical thinking, um, actually I got a foot massage today. You know, um, I paid forty bucks for someone to rub my feet, and this is not a joke when I say this. They uh they give little um tug of wars in the back because they. The lady hinted at me if I pay twenty five dollars more, I um I can uh get my weight pulled. I can get my rope pulled to whichever side I wanted. Um but I decided no, you know, I'm on vacation. Maybe if I had like a long stressful work day or if I had a long day in the office, hence here. Maybe. Maybe I'll consider paying the extra 25 filling myself, no pun intended, you know, tugging the bean, um, cupping the potatoes, you know, the little skillet potatoes. I don't know. But um, I think foot massages are very odd. They're, very, they're a very odd concept when you think about it. Like, why the fuck? Like... Who actually decided, like, my feet need so much attention? Because I'm walking. I wear two pairs of socks. I have uneven balance. Anytime I walk, my heels hurt. I literally have an Achilles heel. I need a Herculean effort just to lift myself up in the morning. (laughs) 
but it seems like a scam. Like, I feel like if you just step your feet in, like, some acupuncture, like, why do I have to put needles in my feet to feel good? I just think uh, foot massages are for the weak, you know? You gotta have a nice touch. Um, And when you are touching very, very sensitive things. So, if you give good feet massages, right? If you take care of feet so well, is the whole point of taking care of feet is to eventually take care of your man because the word on the street, according to studies, I'm not even kidding, foot jobs make men come quicker than hand jobs. Why is that possible? I have a theory. Yes. I have a critical foot massage theory. I have a critical foot rub theory. Or foot job. I guess it's called foot jobs. I don't know. Not very well. Not very uh, well savanted with the toes. But um, you do got to toe a fine line when you're, you know, messing with the shaft, I guess. Um, I think because our feet can be so rough, right? If you're walking regularly, you go hiking, go for runs, you play sports, you you just use your feet a lot. Your feet stink sometimes. Your feet are going to always stink until you shower. Feet are going to sweat. Wear a pair of sweats. Whatever, man. I think it's, it's like an experienced woman. She's going to know things. That a younger woman's not. Like she, she's been around the block. She's been, you know, part of that crypto chain block. You know, she's building up, building up her value. And I'm assuming the best feeling would be like a 58-year-old woman. They would probably give the best foot jobs where they're not exactly in Alzheimer's yet. They're not exactly in like, you know, those stages where their hip starts to need to replace them. But, you know, they're uh, they're seasoned. They're like seasoned grilled chicken. Except um, instead of like, you know, all the seasonings like lemon pepper, paprika, Old Bay. That's for fish, but whatever. You get my drift. It's just like salt, pepper, and then like parsley, maybe. Where you know, you get a little, get a little bang. No pun intended, but um, it's not gonna change your life by any means. But my theory is that foot jobs feel better than hand jobs because we are not very skilled with our feet the way that we are with our hands, right? So we use our feet. It's kind of like the element of surprise. It's that feeling of something new. Where you, like men are used to hands being on their dicks. Whether it's our own, you know, uh, comrades, associates, your girlfriend, 
That should have probably been like the first thing I said, but you know, gotta name all the unlikely scenarios before you hit the most likely scenario. And you know, after a while, you know, it all kind of feels the same, you know, but feet, every person's feet is different. A lot of people's hands are basically the same. Feet just feel different. Some are rough, some are smooth. You can put lotion, you can do this. You can with your hands, but you know, it's not the same. You can play footsie. Some girl like, you know, puts her foot up and she's like patting it, you know, patting it like a hot steam towel in a clubhouse during batting practice on a July 8th. At SunTrust Park. And she uh she puts her big toe like, you know, in between the seams and call it a two seamer. Um and I think foot play, there's a reason why people have foot fetishes. I think I'm starting to crack this code. I think feet are literally down home, you know, they're they're literally down the earth. And it's that feeling of that other person is doing it. There's no way you have 100% control of your feet with whatever movements you're doing. So it's almost like if they accidentally do something and it feels good, it feels that much better. I think the combination of the lack of you can't really overthink with your feet. You're just basically swinging toes down there, swinging ankles, especially if they have like a ankle bracelet because they're on probation even better because like the second like they move in the right direction starts beeping the guy bring it down and the lower the better and it's really uh i think it feels so much better because of the mental more than what it actually feels i don't know especially if they just got like a little bit too long of toenails like they just, if the toenails are a little bit longer than they need to, and they may scratch, it's like a nice like scratch. It's like when you scratch your neck when something's itching and you got the perfect fingernail length for it. And it's just like, ah, that's the spot. They got longer toenails. Nice little scratch to the gooch. Makes you want to smooch like it's a Valentine's. And actually, I did see a video earlier. It looked like it was from recent years, but some dude went on national TV. He kind of wrote a book, basically essentially saying, um, Valentine's, men should boycott Valentine's. And he was basically saying, you know, he went on TV, he was on like some local news station, he was debating with this other girl. But he went first, and he was basically saying like, it's become a way for... Make sure I kind of get it correct. He's basically saying that it is made for a woman to take advantage of something that they that they want power over. They want control over the other gender, right? Like, basically, a woman want control of the men on Valentine's Day. Whereas this weird thing where if you don't get me something... We have a problem, but if you do give me something, it doesn't guarantee anything. And the other woman was saying, who hurt you? 
That was her first response. Who hurt you? And I think that kind of like proved his overall point. Because, you know, he's not breaking the news when he says like chivalry's dead, right? Like the, the more you get for your significant other or he was even talking about wives too. He's like, nah, fuck your wife. Like, your your uh, debt of gratitude to her is the life you give her. Which, hey, he's not crazy. I don't think you have to get some for your girl Valentine's Day to prove nothing. My personal belief is, um, you should be kind of like if you truly have someone you value that much, you should probably just kind of do stuff regularly, spontaneously. Is that even a word? But his idea was. What was it? I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's basically saying boycott Valentine's, my fellas. And, um, I don't know. Me personally, I'm not. Um, I love getting, I love getting girl stuff on Valentine's Day. It really, uh, boosts my unwarranted ego. Why do I like getting girl stuff on Valentine's Day? Because, um, it reminds me, actually, I had a girl, uh, break up with me three days after Valentine's Day, and I knew she wanted to break up with me, like, three months prior, but, you know, she had to get that one last Valentine's Day gift, and I don't blame her, and three days later, I take a stroll to the gym, waiting outside, about to go in, and the second I'm about to, like, get out of my car, had a good workout plan. It was, I think it was like back, tries, and my uh, calves. I know that's a weird combination, but hey, your boy was on the mark. And um, I get a call in my Pontiac. I didn't have like a legitimate Bluetooth. I had to like connect it to like actual wire shit. It's kind of janky. And I answer the phone. I think something's wrong because he's crying. He's crying hysterically. And I'm like, what's wrong? She says, I, I, I can't be with you. In my first, I was I was less mad that she wanted to break up with me. I didn't even care that I just got her stuff on Valentine's. Simply, you could feel some type of way if someone breaks up with you very soon after their birthday or Valentine's. Because then it kind of looks like they just... Stayed with you a little bit longer to maybe get an extra gift or something. And yeah, you could feel some type of way. I was mad because I had work in like three hours, right? I planned my day perfectly, ate perfectly, drank perfectly, hydrated, you know, showered. And I'm literally about to get out of my car. She would have called 20 seconds later, I would not have answered because I don't answer phone calls when I'm at the gym. And so now I'm in my car. I can't hang up with a girl that's crying hysterically and just broke up with me. So I'm sitting there. I sit in my car for the next hour and a half while she tells me everything she absolutely hates about our relationship. And by the way, 90%, I don't blame her. 
But I was pissed because it interrupted my perfect. There's nothing worse than when you prepare for something and you don't even get a chance to take advantage of it. It's like if you prepare for like this, um, if you prepare for the ACT. And then you wake up that Saturday morning, you get your Chick-fil-A biscuit in the morning, you wait an hour because you got to go to some random high school three miles away to take in their auditorium gym. Like, imagine if you get there and they're like, ah, don't worry, we've moved it to next week. Even though you prepared your whole morning, everything, like, what the fuck, man? Or if you have a baseball game at 6 p.m. and it's the Bronco League and then at fucking 2 p.m., it starts raining. Even though you've done, you've gone through your daily routine. You're looking forward to all day. You're planning, ah, my two at-bats today before I get pinch hit for it because I'm a very bad opposite field hitter and it's a lefty. How the fuck? It's like, I, I prepared so much and then it rains out. And then they cancel the game or postpone it. And then you're like, hmm, oh yeah, maybe we'll play uh, this upcoming Thursday. And then they never reschedule the game, and you miss out on the game, and you look forward to playing in the game. That's what this phone call felt like. Not even be able to take advantage of my potential gains because of the loss of the woman I just lost. I I lost a lot of things that day. My mind, my girl, my gains, and most of all, my will to do better for myself. It was a big L that day. Oh, man. Youth. Youth is a beautiful thing. I think youth is built for pain. Why do I say that? Pain is very subjective. But at the same time, is it very subjective? Or is it objective, right? Like, pain objectively makes you a better person. It really does. Like, because you will try so hard to not put yourself in that situation to relive that pain. Which is why we have a lot of damaged people out here that absolutely just hate each other and use people and then, you know, blame, like, oh, all women suck, all men suck. It's like, yeah, well, you deserve it. And then on a subjective point of view, Pain is really a temporary feeling. Do you Can you really control your pain, right? Like if you're in a lot of pain, let's say you lost someone close in your life, right? It's normal to feel that pain in your life. Like I remember, like, what was it? A year and a half ago, I lost essentially my uh, best friend, right? I lost him to cancer. Um, and I don't mean like one of those friends that like you kind of kept in touch with and then like every like nine months you may go out to the outback and, you know, get a blooming onion together. I mean like a friend that we went to a casino like weeks before, hung out on a weekly basis and he had kids. He had like a family and I went over to his house. We went to DJing parties. I helped him set up his equipment. Like, he really inspired me, made me better, because 
as an older gentleman, he didn't want me to make a lot of quote-unquote similar mistakes he made in his life. So he saw the man at a young age when we worked together. And he really brought me a lot of, like, real-life relationship guidance. And I don't mean with just, like, girls and shit. I mean, like, actual, like, really taught me how to, what you think you have to do to get what you want in life isn't as always, isn't always how you think it is to get there. Like, it's not just working hard. It's not just, you know, doing your best. You know, you want to get things in life you want. You really... You're going to have to do some shit, man. Like, you may have to fuck someone over. Not on purpose, but it's probably going to happen. And, you know, during my life, I, looking back, I kind of did do that. Not on purpose, but... And you're selfish in your ways, striving, you know, to the moon. But what I was saying is, when you're carrying that burden of someone really close to you, right? Someone that's in your everyday life. Someone you hang out with regularly. Like, I literally was around him like the two and a half weeks before he died. And I was sending him text messages like, hey man, what's up? Never got anything back. And the worst part is I found out he died like a month after he actually died, and they already had the funeral, and I really felt some type of way that I never, no one ever reached out to me to tell me, and yeah, but I felt pain, you know, for a long time, but it wasn't always abrupt, right, the weirdest part is I felt a lot of pain, but I didn't always know, obviously I felt a pain, I felt like missing something, like it was an adjustment away, but it wasn't like I was crying every day, right, or nothing like that, but then like three, four months go by, right, and I'm watching this movie called Seven Pounds, right, and I'm watching with someone, and we were in their basement watching it, and the movie's pretty damn sad, man. And it, you know, after the movie, you know, me and this person, you know, talking about the movie, we're talking about personal things and, you know, I never really talked about it with anyone. And then I just lost it, like, genuinely crying hysterically. They're probably looking at me like, oh my God, this fucking pussy. Hey man, you know what is what it is. I'm not going to apologize for being a pussy for my best friend who died. But that shit, man, it really, um, but once I released it, right, I didn't feel the same burden, but I always still have them in memory. And I wonder how much of that was a choice. Like, could I have gotten that burden out earlier? Or did I purposely want to hold it in until the right moment was right to release it? Or is there always, it's just going to come out at a specific point. God has a plan when you're going to release it and feel free of it, right? Or, like, is holding on to pain a choice? 
and is it necessary to hold on to pain for a long period of time to truly learn your lesson from why that pain exists, right? I think pain is a very, very important thing for everyone to deal with. Like, wow, this got really fucking boring. If you've tuned out by now, I don't blame you. I, I'm tuning out of myself. But um, pain without love. Pain, I can't get enough pain. Because I'd rather feel pain than nothing at all. And weirdly enough, that's kind of true. You know, actually, I heard a quote recently where if you are, if you, the best feeling in the world for someone that's sad is to feel pain. Because obviously that still means you're feeling something, right? But I think beyond just because you're still feeling something, I think it's to remind yourself that you give a shit, right? Because the irony of like feeling hurt and pain in a lot of ways is that you feel it because whatever you're hurting by and pained by, it hurts. It hurts. Speaking of hurt, I um, took a massive, a massive shit earlier. And um, when it came out, it looked like a club and a sub from Firehouse Subs. Toasted, um, kind of crunchy, you know, had a little after effects after, you know. I wonder, so you know how like men have the G-spot going in? Do you have a G-spot when shit's coming out? Do you get the same sensation? Because I'm not going to lie, after you take a huge shit, that shit feels really fucking good. If that's what, it, if that's what someone hitting the G-spot feels like, sign me up. Neither here nor there. But yeah, I just think that toilet seats are very, they're very perfectly engineered. Just imagine. It's really just a huge cereal bowl. Like you can replace the water with milk. And then you drop complete crap into it. Because all cereal is, it's just crap. You know, most of it's just sugar. Most of it's like, you know, in this case, you could say Cocoa Puffs. Sometimes you're dropping Cocoa Puffs. Sometimes you're dropping like, you know, little Lucky Charm marshmallows mixed with a little... Eh. When you have those one that look like algae. You have ones that look like seaweed. You have ones that like little Mr. Hankies. And then you have one that look like pillows. Either way... You gotta always watch out for the splash. By the way, does it make you. Is it contradictory to say that you are for something, but you can't apply it to your own life or to someone in your own life, right? Like, it's funny how can you be for certain laws or certain rights? But if your son or daughter were to be that, would you be accepting of it? It's like, you know, a lot of people always say, I don't care what people do in their life. If you want to be gay, then be gay. You know? It's like, okay. So you don't care if people are gay, okay. Um, what if your son, 12 years old, tells you he's gay? 
do you do you still believe in that? You don't care? Or you don't care as long as it doesn't directly affect you? It's like, can you be... Can you give people... Can you be pro-choice on your body? Can you be pro-choice on abortion? But you would never consider it yourself, right? Could you be pro... Pro, could you be pro parents letting um, their kid change their genders at a very young age? But if your kid wanted that, you wouldn't let them do it. Is that possible? Can you be for something but not actually be for it when it applies to you? It applies to your kids or applies to your wife or your husband. I think that's very interesting. I never have the answers to anything I say. These are literally just open-ended thoughts. As you can tell, I don't prepare for shit. And that's why this fucking sucks. God. By the way. Advice. Tech advice. Never get a fucking Chromebook under any circumstance. Unless you don't care to do anything in meaning or anything. Unless you just want to check your Gmail all day and call it a day. Go the fuck ahead. But if you want to actually like do any audio, do any software shit, pain in the fucking ass. You want to edit videos, pain in the fucking ass. You want to watch YouTube? Fine. You want to look through emails? Fine. You want to go on the internet just to look up bullshit USA Today, ESPN, Pro Football Talk, NFL.com? Fine. But if you want to, you know, Download an app to, you know, clean your computer. Nah, bro. You gotta, well, you gotta have this Linux. You gotta create more space to have this Linux thing. When, And then when you create space on that, then you can transfer to that. But then you got double the files, which takes double the memory, which means we're using more and more memory just to do simple shit. Simple shit turns into long shit. And to put it simply, it fucking sucks. It fucking sucks. Google Chrome, I'm not going to say it's garbage, but um, it's a, it's pretty sewerage, sewerage, god damn my addiction sucks, alright, let's see, alright, I am uh, in that today, alright, uh, you could go follow on TikTok, and I promise the next episode won't suck as much, but hey, we got video, um, follow on TikTok off and beat, follow on the IG, follow on the tube, and, um, remember to suck your mom's titties. Well, not your mom's, but, you know, each other's. Sharing is caring, especially, um, when she's with, you know, a bear. Because, you know, bears, you know, they, they take little girls off of hammocks while you're sleeping literally in the fucking tent. Who lets their little girl get pummeled by a bear? Who goes in the fucking woods and doesn't protect the 12-year-old girl from getting pummeled by a fucking bear? You fucking... God damn it. Shit. Alright. Peace. And suck some titties. <laughs>